listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the program. Where do we start? An incredible 24 hours. Things are changing, not just by the hour, but by the minute. We are awaiting the Prime Minister, who is about to hold an extraordinary press conference from Rideau College on the uh, cottage, pardon me, on the grounds of the Governor General's residence. We are just watching that now. Of course, you know that his wife has tested positive for COVID-19, and the Prime Minister himself is in self-isolation. And as soon as he gets to the podium, we will take you there live. We are also awaiting the arrival of Ontario's Health Minister, Christine Elliott, who is here at Chorus Key and is about to come into the studio, and then she's going to sit down. We're going to listen to what the Prime Minister has to say and then have a conversation with the Minister of Health about what's going on in this province, the very latest on the preparations for COVID-19. And as I say, this is changing very quickly. You heard in the news that now uh, Canada's medical officer of health is saying cancel all non-essential travel. Cancel all non-essential travel. It was only 24 hours ago that the premier of this province said that parents and kids should go away and have a good time. And obviously he prefaced those remarks by saying things could change and they have. We also have the announcement from Ontario's Medical Officer of Health. And I'll read from his statement this morning. Quote, and this is from Dr. David Williams. I am also recommending the immediate suspension of all large events and public gatherings of over 250 people. Organizers who have questions about smaller gatherings are encouraged to contact their local public health unit. This comes, of course, on the heels of the cancellation of Ontario schools, all publicly funded Ontario schools, cancelled for the two weeks following March break. If you have kids in the system like I do, there was a very tough decision this morning. Do I take my kids to school or don't I? It's the last day before March break. In my case, my kids went to school. And I'm not 100% sure that was the right thing to do. And I think all of us parents are in the same boat right now. What is the right thing to do? We continue to pay attention to the facts. We continue to listen to our medical professionals. And not to spread fear. And not to spread panic. But to report to you what is going on. And what has been going on in grocery stores all around the GTA. Mass lineups. Mass buying, people stocking up. And of course, it has a lemming like attitude to it, does it not? You see on your Twitter feed empty shelves, long lines, and you think, I better get to the store. That is not the advice that we were getting from the experts. I will note that uh, Krista Freeland is speaking right now in Ottawa. Is there any way we can go? It's just wrapping up at the podium, actually, now that I've, now that I've said that. This is the moment I said that. Krista uh, Freeland has wrapped up her statements, and that has finished. And again, we are waiting for the Prime Minister to address the nation. The Prime Minister in self-isolation after his wife tested positive for COVID-19 after returning from a speaking engagement in England. 
And I think so many people out there, if you haven't already canceled your March break plans, I think this might just push you over the edge. I was speaking to my sister yesterday. She has a trip planned to March, uh, to, for March break, pardon me, to Florida. They're driving. And because they were driving, they thought, well, at this point, we'll still go. And now, with his advice from the medical officer of health for the country to say, avoid all non-essential travel, I think that may change your mind. That may change a lot of people's minds. We're waiting for the Prime Minister to address the nation, and as soon as that happens, we will take you live to Ottawa, also standing by in a couple moments, Ontario's Deputy Premier and Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, will be here to answer some very hard questions about things like this. Do you have a loved one in a long-term care home? Should you go and visit them? Are you planning to visit elderly parents over the weekend, even if they're not in an LTC? I have plans to see my parents in Burlington on Sunday. I don't know if I should go and see them. Should I take my kids to go and see their grandparents? Or is that an undue risk that I should not take? All of these things developing very quickly here, and we're keeping our eye on it here on Global News Radio. Broadway, as you might know, is shuttered, closed down. And up until quite recently, when I came on this radio program, Mervish, the latest news from Mervish was the show... The shows will go on. This predated the announcement from the medical officer of health about immediate suspension of large events over 250 people. I suspect that will be changed. I suspect all of those Mervis shows in downtown Toronto will not run tonight. The number of cancellations is difficult to keep up with York University suspending all face-to-face instruction classes, pretty much all secondary schools now saying no more face-to-face classes, we'll do online learning, some a little bit more proactive, sort of dribbling in over the course of the day. And as things change, as I mentioned, by the minute, as things change, we're seeing these things change from our universities and from our other uh, officials and the announcement's coming very quickly. Again, I will repeat what we just heard from Canada's public health officer. No non-essential travel. We heard this sort of, you know, lightly from Ontario's medical officer of health yesterday who was asked a number of times, listen, are, are you saying if you don't have to go, don't go? And he said, yes, that's what I'm saying. But now we have that an increase, and it is expected later today there will be an official announcement from the government saying, please avoid all non-essential travel. That is a new development just in the last couple of minutes as we continue to watch the Rideau College on the grounds of the Governor General's residence awaiting the Prime Minister to address the nation. And coming up, of course, as I mentioned, Christine Elliott, the Deputy Premier and the Minister of Health of Ontario. Welcome back to the program. The new number is just in 157 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Canada, 79 cases in Ontario. Five of those have been resolved. That is 20 new cases reported 
just today. As we await the Prime Minister, I am joined in studio by Ontario's Deputy Premier and Minister of Health, Christine Elliott. Welcome. Thank you. The news this morning that the Medical Officer of Health has recommended that there be no gatherings of 250 or more. Your reaction to that? Well, I think it's a reasonable move to take. We have uh, been following this very closely uh, since the first outbreak of uh, COVID-19 in Ontario. We are still doing well with our plan. Uh, the plan escalates as we need to. And I'm following the, uh, the advice of our medical officers of health and uh, the scientific evidence. And so I think it's a reasonable move at this point for people to start that kind of uh, social distancing and not being in gatherings of more than 250 people. Will you enforce any kind of orders for that? I'm thinking of the entertainment district. Broadway has gone dark. Will you say, you know, that the shows should not continue? This is a strong recommendation right now from Dr. Williams. Uh, it's not an order as yet. We, uh, uh, we, we're hoping that everyone will voluntarily comply. And from what I'm seeing, that is actually happening. Would you consider an, uh, a, an order to that effect? We would consider it if it was necessary, because we all have a responsibility to each other to keep each other safe. You don't believe it's necessary at this point? Not, Why not? at this point, no. Why not? Because we haven't reached that stage, we want to make sure that the, uh, the the warning and the notice is given by the chief medical officer of health, and that from what we're seeing, people are voluntarily complying. It's only if we see non-compliance and the situation escalates that we would contemplate an order of that nature. In the last couple of minutes, we have the reports from the Canada's chief medical officer of health to cancel all non-essential travel outside of Canada. Have you canceled all non-essential travel for government employees? Not as yet, no, but would strongly recommend that it not be done. Does that not need to be firmer, considering what we just heard from the Medical Officer of Health? This is what's being recommended by Dr. Williams as well, and so we are, our, our expectation is that that will be done within the, within the government and by the public service. And, and again, they are complying. I note also that in Quebec that there is a requirement for government employees who travel outside of the country to self-quarantine for 14 days. Will you impose that? Uh, we are, again, it's a strong recommendation. First of all, that you don't travel outside for non-essential travel, but that if you do, uh, that it's, it's a good practice, especially uh, from some countries, of course, uh, to uh, come back and do that self-quarantine. A lot of people have a lot of questions right now. Uh, for example, daycare, daycares. We, we know that schools are closed for two weeks after March break, but the medical officer of health did not go so far as to say that daycares would actually be closed. Would you order daycare, daycares closed? If necessary, but again, right now, the recommendation is that active screening take place at all daycare centers. We want to make sure that all children are safe, and so that active screening will involve questions being asked of, of parents, of visitors, uh, inquiring about children, if children show any symptoms as well, uh, to make sure that the population is kept as safe as possible. And, and we know that both with people in long-term care centers and young children in child care centers, that that's especially important to um, to protect them because they are vulnerable populations. You mentioned LTCs, long-term care. There's going to be a lot of people listening and watching that are saying, you know, I have an elderly loved one in an LTC. Should I go and visit them? What's the answer to that? The answer to that is uh, we were asking people to, unless it's really necessary, that they, that they not. But certainly if they show any symptoms of any kind of illness, please do not 
go to a long-term care home now because we want to make sure that that population is kept as safe as possible. But we have also activated active screening measures at long-term care homes as well, where people will be asked about any travel history, any symptoms that they might have, and if they show any symptoms or they've been to one of the countries that um, have uh, significant numbers of COVID-19, then they will be asked to not enter. Is part of the problem not here, though, that you can actually be asymptomatic and you can still transfer the virus? So is that not a concern that we were possibly letting people in that are showing no signs, no symptoms, but yet they're still going into long-term care homes? It is uh, possibly a concern, yes, but what I can tell you that we're now doing is uh, testing people who are all already residents in long-term care homes where uh, we already have uh, samples from them and we can do the testing to make sure that there are no residents currently inside long-term care homes with active signs of the virus. So we're, we're testing um, uh, within and questioning from the outside as well. Do we have enough ventilators in this province for what might be coming? We have a a large supply of ventilators, but we are in the process of acquiring more because we want to be ready should we need them. How would, I'm assuming that pretty much every jurisdiction in the world is trying to get more ventilators. How is that possible that we can get more? It's still possible to to place orders for them. They are still um, uh, being uh, received in the same way that we are still receiving the uh, necessary supplies that we need, both the uh, the swabs for testing as well as the face masks for our uh, frontline health professionals who, of course, we need to keep safe as well. We're going to continue speaking with Ontario's Minister of Health, Christine Elliott. I will just say goodbye to our viewers from Focus Ontario. Focus Ontario, we'll be back in just a moment. We continue here on Global News Radio, our conversation with the Minister of Health, Christine Elliott. People are going to be asking, should I take public transit? Considering that we have this recommendation from the Medical Officer of Health about, you know, no gatherings of more than 250 people, you know, a subway car can be pretty jammed in rush hour. Mm -hmm. Well, we're asking people to uh, to be very careful. Of course, the uh, frequent hand washing is going to be really important if you're taking public transit and you're going to be touching a lot of surfaces. We want people to keep their hands uh, clean, to use either a soap and water if you don't have sa- hand sanitizer, uh, to make sure that you um, you if you cough to cough or sneeze, you do it into your sleeve, that you avoid touching your, your face, uh, that you just take ordinary precautionary measures. And uh, certainly if you feel any of the signs or symptoms of, of uh, the, the flu, of, of COVID-19, it may, you may just think it's the flu, it may be COVID-19, please uh, contact your public health agency and go in to have yourself tested. We have seen uh, video and we have seen photos of long lines at grocery stores, of empty store shelves. I wonder what your reaction is to that. Uh, I think it's important for people to, uh, if they're going to be in, in self-isolation, of course, they're going to need supplies. But as a general matter, if you have several days of supplies on hand, uh, I, I think that's all you really need. Uh, I know that people have been stocking up on things like toilet paper and water. Um, our water system is still going to work. I don't think that's necessary. I still don't really understand the uh, the toilet paper issue, but I think that it is important that um, people have their regular supplies on hand with a little bit more, um, but uh, we're not going to uh, have a 
30-day quarantine for anyone. That's not something that we're contemplating at this time. Andrea Horvath held a press conference at Queen's Park a short while ago, and she outlined a series of questions that she's hoping that uh, the government can answer. And I'll just ask you at least one of them. She talked about health care workers and their children. And considering the strain that is going to be placed on health care workers in the coming weeks, what kind of child care can they have? What kind of support are we going to be able to offer our frontline workers? Well, uh, first of all, I, I applaud the work that's being done by our frontline workers. They are um, they are doing the, the work to keep everyone safe, and of course we want to keep them safe as well. We did, the, the Premier and I and the Minister of Finance had a meeting with uh, Ms. Horvath and with Mr. Fraser for the Liberal Party and Mr. Schreiner for the Green Party several days ago because we think it's really important to keep them completely informed with what's going on, as we want to do with everyone in Ontario. And that's why we have uh, news conferences twice a week directly from Dr. Williams, why we update our website twice daily, and we're ready to answer any questions that anyone has. In terms of the safety of our frontline workers, making sure they have the necessary equipment, that goes without saying we will be providing that. Uh, With respect to their children, we will um, take whatever steps we need to take to make sure that they can continue to be on the front line. And if they need assistance with daycare, we'll be providing that. But we want to make sure that the people who are going to work on the front lines each and every day can do so knowing that their own family is being cared for. I mentioned that schools are shut down for two weeks after March break. They are not closed today. Uh, and I posed this question and concern in the previous segment. I took my kids to school today. Did I do the right thing? Yes, I think that the concern is that um, if people are going away for the March break, that they may be going to um, places where there are outbreaks. Um, in, right now in the United States, many people I know go there for the March break. And so when they return, they may have uh, COVID-19, but it's just not apparent yet. That's why we're asking people to uh, to not send their children to school. That's why schools will be closed so that um, by the end of that two-week period that they will be fine to come back to school. I hope they all will be. Um, If not, then uh, they will be tested and we will take the necessary steps to um, help return them to health. Christine Elliott is the Minister of Health for Ontario. And a final question, Minister, there are a lot of people who are very concerned. They have many questions. There's a lot of worry out there. They're looking to government officials for some reassurance. What can you tell people? I can tell people that we are working around the clock on this issue that COVID-19 and the, and the health and well-being of all Ontarians is our top priority in government and that we are taking the necessary steps with rapidly changing circumstances, but we're taking the necessary steps that we, d- we need to to protect the health of Ontarians, that we have a plan that was developed many years ago after SARS. We learned from SARS and we've put the necessary procedures in place to have decisions made at every step along the line in our healthcare system. So we are ready for whatever unfolds. So um, I want Ontarians to, uh, I want them to be reassured that we are taking the necessary steps and we will continue to do so. Christine Elliott, Minister of Health and Deputy Premier, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me join you. We're going to take you right now to Ottawa and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Good morning, everyone. Bonjour tout le monde. Yesterday, 
I shared with you that my wife Sophie was being tested for COVID-19 and that test did come back positive. Sophie's symptoms remain mild, but we are following medical advice and taking every precaution. She will remain in isolation. Garneau announced that Canada has advised Canadians to curtail non-essential international travel and that the cruise season is suspended until July and that we are bringing in additional screening measures at airports. We are also streamlining overseas arrivals to be better positioned for, for screening. Yesterday, we saw many provinces take strong steps to keep people safe. They are doing what needs to be done to protect the public and I want to thank them for their exemplary work. Later today, I will have a call with the Premiers and Indigenous leaders to discuss the latest developments and coordinate our efforts, including the over billion dollar COVID-19 response fund, which provides money to the provinces and territories to support preparation and mitigation. These are significant steps, and we will do more. The provinces and territories are facing various levels of risk, but we will make sure that we align our response across the country. Addressing COVID-19 must be a Team Canada effort. To keep Canadians safe, to mitigate the economic impacts of the virus, all levels of government are working together. We are talking regularly. I know that you're worried. You're worried about your health. We are having Line some technical difficulties. The we'll stick Addressing with it when we COVID can. must be a Team Canada effort. To keep Canadians safe, to mitigate the economic impacts of the virus, all levels of government are working together. We are talking regularly. We are listening to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau speaking from the grounds of the Governor General's residence. Outside, of course, Mr. Trudeau has entered self-quarantine, which is why he's holding this press conference outside. Welcome back to the program. The Prime Minister is still speaking in Ottawa. Let's take you back there now. He is now taking questions, and those are questions in French. I can tell you that he has announced that there will be a stimulus package coming shortly in the next couple of days. He has not announced any kind of details on that. In fact, there are not a lot of new details at all in this announcement. Much of it was announced at, in Ottawa in the press gallery just previous to that. Get back to the Prime Minister and see if he's speaking in English. Not yet. When he gets back to English and English questions, we will try and get you to that as he is taking questions. And of course, you know that the Prime Minister is in self-isolation. So there's this weird thing where he's now holding a press conference outside in Ottawa. Luckily, it's a nice day. He's not in a snowstorm. And he's going to remain in self-isolation. He says he feels fine, he has no symptoms. This after his wife, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, tested positive for COVID-19 after returning from a speaking engagement in the United Kingdom. Let's check back in with the Prime Minister. Uh, countries of origin and further measures that we can take, we will make those decisions based on the best science, the best recommendations of our health officials. 
Est-ce que ça fait partie de vos options de fermer complètement les frontières à certains pays? Et si oui, quels sont vos critères? Le Premier ministre, ils vous demandent de répondre à une question sur le voyage de entièrement basé sur les recommandations des experts. We're continuing to monitor the Prime Minister, and I'll just jump in here and there. And as I've mentioned yeah, comically in the program in the in the past, my my French is terrible, so you could uh, rely on my terrible uh, translations. But I w in this particular case, I would not do that. Let's try again with the Prime Minister. Nous faisons depuis des semaines. And when we get back to him, we are going to be hearing more about you know travel and. It also, I think, the thing that a lot of people are going to be wondering about. Based on recommendations of uh, medical experts, public health authorities, and uh, top scientists, we understand uh, that we have taken significant measures over the past weeks and month uh, to ensure that Canadians are kept safe and to slow the spread of the virus. We will continue to make determinations about how best to do that based on. Uh, recommendations of experts. Uh, we're not closing the door to uh, any further steps, but we will make those decisions based on what science tells us. Uh, Ryan Tumulty, National Post, sir. Uh, the financial markets have had two of their worst days on record this week. I'm just wondering, you talk about the government's fiscal, fiscal power. Why haven't we used it yet, and what are you planning to do? Uh, two days ago, we announced a billion-dollar uh, plan to help uh, invest in uh, health uh, and support Canadians across the country. Uh, we've also put forward measures uh, that will strengthen EI and uh, help Canadians. We recognize there is much more to do. We do not want any Canadian to have to worry about whether or not they're going to be able to pay their rent, whether or not they're going to be able uh, to buy groceries or care for their kids. We or, or, or uh, elderly family members. We need to make sure that Canadians have the options and the ability to follow the best public health advice and keep themselves safe. That is what we are focused on and we will be rolling out those measures in the coming days. The Finance Minister will make uh, further announcements uh, later today on uh, concrete uh, measures to support our economy. But further to that, in my conversations with my fellow G7 leaders, uh, we have agreed that it will be important for us to coordinate uh, at a G7 level to uh, impact uh, the global economy, and we will be continuing to follow up on those conversations in the coming days as well. Are you considering direct financial payments to Canadians or to affected industries? Uh, we are looking at ways to help Canadians directly, yes. Uh, particularly vulnerable Canadians who are going to be particularly squeezed if uh, they uh, don't get, uh, uh, aren't able to go to work. Uh, these are the kinds of things we're focused on. We also know that small businesses uh, may uh, struggle through or will struggle uh, through this uh, period of economic slowdown of uh, people uh, choosing to stay at home and protect their families. We will look at how to support them so that uh, once we get through this difficult time, our uh, economy and Canadians will continue to prosper. Okay. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is speaking in Ottawa. A couple of the things that we have heard from the Prime Minister, that they are contemplating direct payments to vulnerable Canadians. They are also talking about a massive, some kind of massive stimulus and aid package the $1 billion that was announced earlier this week is not going to cut it. Expect something more in the 20 to $40 billion. That's the number that's being kicked around. That's what economists are saying might be required 
in this case. Let's check back in with the Prime Minister. I believe uh, he's just wrapping up this answer in French. And the other thing that the Prime Minister said, that the government is going to reduce the number of airports that bring in international passengers. How that will play out, those are details still to come. But again, the Prime Minister announcing that we will be reducing the number of airports that bring in international passengers as we try and stem the number of people coming into the country that may have been infected elsewhere. And this is going to have an impact on Canadians who are overseas. Let's check in with the Prime Minister. Uh, remotely to uh, do the important things that need to be done to keep Canadians safe. We have uh, an exceptional cabinet that is uh, working hard on all these issues as well. Uh, we have extraordinary public servants who are working as well. Uh, we will uh, continue to do the work that needs to be done uh, to keep Canadians safe while fo following all directions by our public health officials. I don't, I don't think that indicates whether there's a contingency plan in place if you were to fall sick. I'm also curious... <laughs> Officials have told you you don't need to be tested. Um, first of all, there uh, have always been uh, contingency plans uh, for uh, ministers who are, are are sick or have, uh, or even a prime minister who is... All right, uh, we're going to break away from this now because really we're at the point now where, you know, reporters are just trying to elicit any kind of information they can. It doesn't sound like there's going to be much more information from this particular address from the prime minister, which really didn't add a lot to the things that we already knew this morning, namely that the medical officer of health has said that any non-essential travel outside of the country should be stopped, and also that there is a financial stimulus prog program coming. And the Prime Minister himself reporting that he has no symptoms, this after his wife tested positive for COVID-19. Elsewhere in the world, I can tell you that at 3 p.m. today, the president, President Trump, will be holding a press conference in Washington. It has been reported that Trump will declare a national emergency, a state of emergency in the United States, and that will allow him to unlock, under, unlock extra powers and resources to deal with COVID-19. All of it is disconcerting and worrying, and especially for kids. If you have kids, you are wondering, how is it that you communicate this to them? I'll tell you my personal story yesterday is that admit, in the midst of all of the developments that we saw yesterday, so quickly things were changing, so worrying. When the news came out that uh, all schools in Ontario, all publicly funded schools in Ontario would be shut down, even though I was concerned, my kids thought they'd won the lottery. They were jumping up and down, excited. And then I took my son, who's 11, took him aside, and I explained to him that, you know, over the next three weeks, when he will not be in school next week for March break and the two weeks following, there are things that he will not be able to do. I talked to him about, well, listen, you know, like the, the local play park, that the indoor play center that he often goes for birthday parties. Like, even if it's open... It's not advised to go. What about movie theaters? Should you go to the movies? Well, the medical officer of health said, that's probably not a great idea if there's a lot of people in there. Maybe if there's social distancing, maybe fine. But, it, you know, perhaps that's not such a good idea either. So the impact of all of it, and he got up this morning, and he said, I had a nightmare last night. I had a nightmare that I was in school, and there was some kind of 
disaster outside, something horrible was happening outside, and if you left the school, you would die. And that's how he's internalized it. And I think for a lot of parents out there, how is it that we communicate this to our kids? What do we say? Dr. Marzia Sorota is a psychiatrist and joins me on the line. Hey, Doc. Hi, Alan. How are you doing? Well, I'm a little concerned. I'm concerned for two reasons. One, I took my kids to school this morning, and there weren't a lot of other kids there, and I wonder, was that the right thing to do? And then, of course, I'm wondering, how do I reassure my son and my daughter and not scare the bejabbers out of them? You know, it's a scary time for everybody because the information is coming so quickly and things are changing so quickly. But I think when we think about children, you know, it's important to realize that children are more prone to anxiety because they are less informed than adults, they're less experienced, and because they haven't developed the kinds of coping strategies that adults have over the years. So it's our responsibility to reassure them and to help them see that uh, they're going to be okay. And one of the things that we can do is remind them that as their family members, we are doing everything we can to keep them safe. And so they can rely on us to be informed and to help them. And the other thing to do, I think, is to recognize that children feel very helpless. You know, they're little and they don't know what to do. So we can help them by giving them things that they can do that are very concrete, like as a family teaching everyone how to wash their hands, giving them a song to sing while they're washing so that 20 seconds go by, and you know, showing them all together how to wash their hands and sing the song together. And you can teach them how to do the social distancing. You can have a family game where you play, you know, let's, let's do social distancing so everyone can stand six feet apart and you can have a laugh doing it. So it's not a scary thing, it's just a new thing that you learn. And you can just help children be more resilient by helping them believe in themselves and and trust themselves. And I think the other thing is give them the information. You don't have to give them too much information, but you can give them enough information so they're not panicking. Yeah, under too much information, I would would think that, you know, the percentage of fatalities because of COVID-19, that's not something you need to discuss. But at the same time, there's going to be an impact in their lives, not just by not being able to go to school, but, you know, it's like, well... I, I was talking to one parent who said, you know, every birthday party that they had planned, and they had a whole bunch over the next couple of weeks, they're all canceled. And so how do you explain that to your kids? I think it's hard for littler kids because they don't understand abstract concepts, but I think you have to just try to find a way to put it into terms that children will understand and remind them that this is a temporary thing, that this is not for the rest of their lives. You can say, for the next little while, things are going to change just so that everyone can be safe, and we're making some some changes, but it's not forever, and it will, you know, get back to normal soon. We're just figuring things out as we go, and right now it's safer for us to make these kinds of choices, but there will be birthday parties in the future, there will be sporting events, you know, we will be going to school again. It's just for, for now, things are going to change. So as long as you remind them that it's temporary and it will go back to normal, that's very reassuring. Dr. Marzia Sorota is a psychiatrist that is all great information. I really appreciate coming on the program today. Thank you so much. And I really feel for your son, and I feel for all the children today. And and, uh, just keep doing what you're doing, and I think they're going to all feel a little bit better. Thank you. I I very much appreciate that. Thanks. All right. uh, To be clear, you know, my son is a a gregarious, bubbly guy, and he wasn't terrified at all. I mean, if he was 
you know, if he'd had a nightmare that really scared him, he would have been waking me up. But he just, you know, it, it was more for him, more like, well, this was a kind of a weird dream I had. And, you know, it's pretty clear that he has internalized all of the things that have happened over the last 48 hours and that got into his subconscious and then presented itself as a, as a nightmare where, you know, he couldn't leave school or, or else something terrible would happen to him. I just, I want to talk, if I can, just for a moment about hoarding and about what we are seeing at Costco and Loblaws. And I want to just throw the lines open to that, to talk about what you are doing, how you are preparing, and maybe ask you, we only have a couple of minutes here, but maybe you just give me a dingle, if you don't mind, 416-870-6400. My kids hate it when I say that. They say, nobody's, Dad, don't say dingle. Nobody says that. Cut it out. But maybe you give me a, a phone call, 416-870-6400. Tell me what you think about this. I mean, there's so much poo-pooing, pardon the toilet paper reference, so much poo-pooing about, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But at the same time, there are people who are. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to go to the store? Are you going to avoid the store? I tell you, this what this is what happened last night when we started to see it on, on Twitter. My wife, who is a completely rational, calm person, said to me, we should go to the store. And I said, you're ridiculous. You, you went to the store for like five hours ago. You just, we already stocked up. We don't need to go to the store. And she says to me, <laughs> she says, I, oh, I'm not going to buy anything. I just want to see it. I just, <laughs> I just want to witness it. I mean, we're both journalists, so that kind of makes sense. I was like, well, yeah, that is crazy. You should go and see what that looks like. But the fact of the matter, and we didn't, we didn't go, but, you know, there's just so many concerns about it. I want to go to Robert here who is on the, uh, on the line. Robert, you got a newborn baby. What you, what's your thinking right now? Life has changed in a big way. Uh, I'm an infectious disease specialist. I study genetically engineered biological weapons defense, so it's how to design vaccines and prepare them in advance, like what they were doing in North Carolina last year on how to modify the virus. So what, it, what changes now with having a newborn at home is that when I did, I did a two-hour documentary for CBC Radio Canada back 20 years ago. It was how Never to deal with a pandemic. Okay, that was after the anthrax attacks. So now that I have a newborn baby at home, things change. There, there's a list of items that all infectious disease specialists will be getting and all first responders have to get. Um, one thing that Trudeau will be announcing soon is that they will start supplying the first responders with the respirators because it is an airborne virus that was already aired on global news back on February 11th. The World Health Organization already announced it. Our government keeps saying it's only by droplets, but it's not. It's merging. It, it passes through fomite stages. It connects with other air molecules, and it is passing in ventilation systems, and it can survive for two weeks. All of that coming together, not everyone's going to die. But nobody has developed any immunity to this. It's a new virus. So it's going to take several years. And some the scary stuff now, which, you know, we're here on the radio. I'm not here to scare people. I'm supposed to keep people calm. But I just came back from the grocery store while I'm catching news tidbits coming into my cell phone. So they're saying that some of the people who have recovered in China that were sent home are now dropping dead, and they don't know why. The virus goes into a dormant state when it's in your bloodstream. It's an RNA virus. Okay, it's not a DNA virus, it's an RNA virus. So it has the, the system established when it gets in, into your cells, 
it uses your own cells to, to replicate itself. It can go into a dormant state, but why is there an HIV protein encoded in it? Okay, Robert, I, I'm going I'm to leave it there because you, you have a lot of technical information there, and, and I don't dispute that you, you know what you're talking about, but I, I, have, to be, I have to caution our audience that, that some of these things you know, are developing, and I can't confirm them, but I'll leave that there. And I just want to go quickly to uh, Catherine, who is on the line. Uh, Catherine, you got five kids, and what's going on at home? Well, we don't have toilet paper, so what? I went, out, went to Costco, walked in, walked out. They had nothing, and their lines were all the way back. You're out of so. TP. Uh huh. Yep. I think we got half a roll, and that's about it. Uh, and what else? Do, do you have any other staples in the house? Or are you are, yeah, are you stocked we have other up? Stuff. It, just, it just so happened, you know, with four boys and a girl and my husband and myself. It just, you know, and I wasn't paying it. I, you know, I knew that they were hoarding and people taking, you know, going to the grocery store, but I thought, you know what? It'll blow over. Well, it hasn't blown over yet, I tell you. All right, Catherine. Well, very, very best of luck. And, and ladies and gentlemen, please, when you are going to the store, could you keep Catherine and her five kids in mind? Aaron, Aaron's on the line. You actually have been hoarding stuff. Am I right about that? I, I wouldn't say hoarding. I would say that we have... Um, a, a supply in the freezer in the pantry now that could sustain our family for a month. How much and, toilet paper do you have? Can I put you in touch with uh, Catherine? Uh, so, so I count I count seventy six rolls in my house. Now we have four people in our house. I think we use like a one and a quarter rolls a day between the four of us. So when people say they're hoarding toilet paper. Really, if you're thinking about a month out, let's say you get quarantined two weeks from now, and then you have to be at home for two weeks. And that's not a lot of toilet paper, right? So that's why people are doing it. It's not, and, and it's not a question of whether or not um, toilet paper is going to run out. It's whether or not the place you buy it from or the store next door to that gets um, quarantined because somebody who works there gets diagnosed. So then the, the supply chain is the problem, not, not whether or not Canada can manufacture enough. Whether you can actually purchase it, as uh, Catherine has found out right now. All right, Aaron, I appreciate that. We're going to have to leave it there, but there is so much in the story that is developing. Stay safe, and for the love of B, wash your hands.